Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, Ralph Marlbro here. We need your support to keep Saints Happy Hour going this offseason. Please support the show by becoming a patron so we can continue to cover the Saints in the ridiculous fashion you've come to expect. If you support the show, you get access to the podcast ad-free. No ads ever. Plus, you get our world-famous booze bundle, four swag items, amazing. And you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. So please support Saints Happy Hour so we can keep this amazing community growing. Support the show at SaintsHappyHour.com today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This one is a special episode Find us wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us four stars. If you don't give us any four, any if you don't give us five stars, don't give us any stars at all. We got a very special guest tonight, Andrew. Tell the people, tell the people who we got. Uh, you pulled your family connections and got us a big, huge guest, probably the biggest radio guy in Louisiana, I would say. Uh, so go ahead, tell the people who who you managed to. Yeah, wrangle well, in. if you if you guys can humor me for a second, I kind of have a backstory here, so. Uh, we, we've actually never met, uh, but um, so my cousin, Chris Juge, same last name. And uh, for, for all you old Saints Happy Hour patrons, you'll remember he, he was the owner of the Pelican House, which was an old uh, sponsor of ours. Uh, but, you know, Chris kind of comes in and out of paying attention to my podcast and what I do for the Saints. And you know, he reaches out to me one day, he texts me, and he says, hey, do you, do you know this guy, Matt Moscona? And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I follow him on Twitter. I know the Baton Rouge guy. Yep, I've heard of him. And he's like, we're related to him. And I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's <laughs> random. That's cool. And so apparently, like, my grandfather, my dad's dad, is siblings with one of Matt's grandparents. So I don't know. That makes us, like, third cousins seven times removed. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to look up <laughs> what that is exactly. But sure enough, so he, he makes that connection with me. And within 24 hours – Ralph, and you'll remember this, we win the award uh, awarded by, well, it's not, we don't win the award. We get second place from the Louisiana Sports Writers Association. And we get this, uh, this, this little plaque that says, you know, honorable mention Saints Happy Hour podcast, you know, honorable mention for best podcast in the state of Louisiana. And so I'm like, this is amazing. I'm pumped. Um, and, and you know, we're excited about it. And I'm just curious, well, who won? And I look, and it's the riot, and Ryan Terrio, of course, you know, famous baseball player, and Matt Moscona. And I'm like, holy shit. Uh, and it's like, you know, the loser in me immediately is, is totally depressed because I'm like, well, yeah, I got second in the state, but I'm not even number one in my own family. Yeah, we're second for everything. 
I'm never yeah. gonna, I'm never gonna win one of those AP awards. <laughs> so for my Matt, welcome show. to the show, yeah, and welcome. you know why? Why couldn't you let me have this one, man? <laughs> I didn't even remember that. So that's like so far down the list of shit I care about. <laughs> well, we care a lot. Let me. We tell care you. a lot. We. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding, I'm desperate to win no. something. Before before anybody goes and clips that and says it, it is all it is always 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 an honor to be recognized for the work you do because there are so many people that that do produce content that when you do stand out and people recognize it, it's always an honor. So I was kidding, but that is that is so wild though. So so my dad's mom was a Jude. I know she she passed before I was born. So I never, I never met her. So, but my, my dad, my dad's mom was a juge. And so that's the connection to the family. So it's, it's always really interesting to me when I come across people with that last name, because I know we're related in some respect, but I've literally never met anybody on that side of the family, like ever, not even Chris. But the odd thing with Chris is that Chris's wife, Jenny was my son's special needs occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how we kind of connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's huh. Anyway, so yeah, it's super small world about how our family kind of these these it's like the movie Serendipity. We just kind of kept <laughs> coming we keep coming back together in certain ways. So Matt, well, you're not missing much with the with the Juge clan. Uh so mm. you know, I, I I would probably advise to just continue staying away. Um, yeah. but bunch see, of second you, place you, finishers. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just saying you've done well for yourself staying away so far. So, you know, um, but but no, it, it's great to have you on, Matt. And, uh, you know, actually, I, I was able to listen to you do a, a show today with uh, Mike Dettilia, who's been on our show before. And I know you kind of have a weekly segment with him. So you're really plugged into the Saints. You get a chance to talk to a lot of Saints people on your show. And so, you know, the first thing I, I just kind of wanted to get your, your thoughts on is, is a guy that's been doing this for a long time, has had various guests, has followed the Saints really closely. Um, if you can kind of just give us your your quick take on Drew Brees and, and just uh, what he's meant to you as a sportscaster in Louisiana. So, Drew Brees, this is, I am not someone that ever defers to hyperbole. I don't do hyperbole. I, whenever I hear someone say, great is this, worse that, I always immediately in my mind put up a wall and I start thinking of the counter punch. <laughs> um, that's just, that's how I'm wired. If someone, say, if someone says that, man, this is the worst loss in history. I just immediately start thinking in my mind of 10 losses that were worse. Drew Brees is literally the most influential athlete ever to come through the state of Louisiana. And there's not even a debate. You can have the debate for number two. You can never even have a debate for number one. Because when you think about not only what he achieved on the field in being a Super Bowl champion and being the NFL's all-time passing leader, at one time holding the passing touchdowns, right? You know the, you know the records. Everybody listening knows the records. When you transcend sports, and your impact is equally as great socioeconomically as it is on the field. Now you're talking about a completely different level. And I don't even know who I, I mean, like maybe Huey Long because he got <laughs> Tiger Stadium built and marched, Huey. you know, with the students in the band to John Nashville. Ferguson, I mean, because he built a dome, right? Right. Maybe? I mean, that's like. Yeah. Those are the types of things that you would have to have those conversations. But even still, the dome was there for so long, housing losers. 
And Drew Brees changed the culture of the franchise. And yes, I know it extends beyond just him there with Sean and, and Mickey and, and the Bensons. And I, I get all of that, but Drew Brees was the engine. And look, I was born in New Orleans and my family has had season tickets forever. Both sets of grandparents had tickets forever. And I went to so many games where every day, like we wake up on Sunday, go to church, we do Shoney's breakfast buffet, and then we go to the dome. And every time you just, the, the thought was, they're going to lose. How are they going to blow it? Even when things felt good. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. You knew it was just going to turn. And Drew Brees changed the culture because for 15 years, every time I watched that team play, I expected them to win. Not to say they were going to be like 15 years and oh, but like every time you never thought, well, they got no shot today. Ever. And you were never surprised when they won a game. I and just, he fundamentally changed the culture of a of an entire organization. I just think the thing that's most remarkable to me about Drew is if you'd have told us in 2006, the guy in the baggy shirt that looks like he's 15, <laughs> he's going to be quarterback for the Saints for 15 years. And when he's done, you're going to have a Super Bowl and you're going to be like, they should have won more. We'd have laughed yeah. that person off the air or wherever. Would have been like, it's the Saints, give us one Super Bowl, we'll be happy forever. But that's how that's how great and how much he raised the expectations of the Saints. Um, I read a blog the other day. It was a great line. He said, before Drew Brees, the Saints cooked with expired ingredients. And they listed Earl Campbell and Paul Horning <laughs> and all of it. And I mean, Matt, there's a whole generation of Saints fans. Like, they don't know this go to the stadium and have zero hope of of anything good happening a super bowl like it's just it's just not in the cards like there's a whole generation that thinks like the saints winning is as natural as the sun coming up and most people com old people complain about it i'm like that is awesome that you have people under 25 they don't even saints losing it doesn't even register to them and that's that's yep. drew Brees. I'm I'm not a I'm not a back in my my day guy, and I hope that that those kids who have never experienced the Saints sucking, I hope they never experience the Saints sucking, like <laughs> because that I, I never you never want to go back to that place. It's when you've when you've experienced success, the the resistance is anything that could pull you back to that to those doldrums. And man, that sucked, and I don't ever want to go back there. So I hope those kids just continue to eat with a silver spoon forever. <laughs> So as we t uh, so as we think about this life that we're about to embark on, that is life post Drew Brees. Matt, Matt, are you a Taysom guy or are you a Jameis guy? 
Take your victory lap on Jameis, Matt. You did it last year. I saw it. You said, I think the Saints should sign Jameis Winston before anybody was even talking about it. You're like, that's a pretty interesting idea. Take your victory lap about Jameis. Do it. You deserve it. Thank you for the cosign, Ralph. But I'll tell you. That was so I did it. I sat literally in the same chair I'm sitting in right now in at my desk in my office at my house. I took my phone and I turned the camera on and I recorded a video of me making the case why the Saints should sign Jameis Winston. It was actually I looked up the date. It was the 23rd. So we're like five, six days away or something like that. Um, yes, yeah, so we're five days away from from a year from when I made that video. And, and I even started by saying, look, I fully expect you to ridicule me and to mock me. Like, I fully expect this to happen. But here's why this isn't a terrible idea. And the premise was basically Teddy Bridgewater was bringing a guy that's been a starter. See if you can cultivate him as a backup. If something happens to Drew Brees, you have a proven starter. He knows your personnel. Your coaches know him because they've game planned against him. And this was a guy that physically was superior enough to be the number one overall pick in the draft i trust sean payton to to find a way to maximize this guy's physical ability um and especially if you're going to get him at a bargain basement price which ultimately they did for a year and now for for another year so i look i'm but i do want to be clear i've never ever said Jameis winston is the answer and he's going to win super bowls in new orleans i've just said Man, this is a really interesting possibility that absolutely can work if all of the the pieces come together. In our in well, you're in your business radio and ours <laughs> podcast. Like of all the scenarios, like Jameis is the most interesting, fun because it could go like nine thousand different ways with him. Like the other thing that i said a year ago that i've, I've repeated a hundred times is i always believe me if you have if you have an opinion stick to it i mean if circumstances and new data comes forward and changes your mind that's that's one thing and that's fine but the thing that so many people just default to with Jameis are interceptions and crab the picks the kips it's the interceptions yeah. and it's crab legs that's what people talk about uber but rides if, you, if yeah i mean all, you know what i mean okay at all <laughs> that's what i mean but you know what i mean like the thing about it is if you look at the interceptions in Tampa, the 30 interception season while gag worthy was also an outlier in his career. I mean, as a rookie, he had 15 Peyton Manning as a rookie had 29. I mean, I, I went on this rant one time where I looked at the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. I mean, by anybody's standards, Brett Favre or Dan Marino or John Elway or Johnny Nice, and went and looked at their their seasons where they had 25-plus interceptions. And you can rattle them off like, I mean, every quarterback ever has had them. I'm not saying Jameis is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but what I'm saying is there is a counter-argument to that. And you can look – I mean, as a, as a rookie in Tampa, 22 touchdowns, 15 picks – Second year, he threw 18. You know, I mean, it's – I just – I just believe that a guy who his whole life is so athletically superior, right? I mean, good enough to be the number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, won a national championship as a redshirt freshman at Florida State. Uh, was too, I mean, he was good enough to be a first-round pick in baseball had he gone that route. Like, right. that guy with so much physical ability – 
if you can get him in the right headspace and the right system with talent around him, he, I just believe he can succeed. And the thing that was most encouraging about him is when you think of a guy like Jameis, who his whole life, like, think about this guy. I mean, I was never this guy. I'm guessing you, you guys weren't, but like his whole life, he was the best on every team he'd ever been on. I mean, from like, from, you know, T-ball through Pop Warner and all the way through, like, n- won a Heisman Trophy as a redshirt freshman national champion. Like, he's the best ever. First number one overall pick. When the Bucks cut him, that was really the first yeah. time in his life he faced adversity on the field. And some guys, when that happens, they fold. Look at, I mean, look at Jamarcus Russell. Look at Ryan Leaf. I mean, there are examples of guys who busted because they couldn't handle adversity. Jameis went vegan, lost 30 pounds, got LASIK, humbled himself, took a, a bargain basement deal to be a backup, as he put it, to go to like the Harvard version of, of quarterback school to go learn under Breeze and Peyton. Like he, he completely humbled himself. And all the off the field stuff, I'm not going to completely explain it away, but I think everyone, when you're 20, 21, 22, by the time you get married and have kids, your world, I don't know for me, this is the case, world perspective changes. Like no being doubt. a married person with children, you just, it, it, it forces you to grow up and to mature. And I think that's what we're seeing with a man who's 27 years old compared to a man who was 19, 20, 21, you know, jumping on a table in, in, a, <laughs> in the student union, grabbing his crotch or, uh, you know, stealing crab legs or, or any of the other dumb stuff that, that he did. That I wouldn't excuse. I mean, you have to know better, but it is possible that over the course of your life you can mature. So I, I think the way he said it's per. I mean, it's just it's a fascinating. It's like it is a fascinating well, test case to see if Sean Payton can mold this ball of clay into something. Well, I Ralph, just like we've been trying to figure out the identity of Jameis one of one for a really long time. Is it Matt. possible that it's that it's, it's Matt. Matt? It might be because it I is- don't know if you know Jameis one of one, Matt. He. He loves Jameis as much as I love my wife. And I that is not a joke. Like, that dude, you say anything even remotely negative about Jameis on Twitter, and he finds me, and he's tweeting advanced statistics I don't understand at me. And I'm like, dude, I'm for it. It's exciting. But, like, Jameis, like, he's kind of bumpy. Like, he's not... Like yes. on the traje- he's not on a trajectory to be the uh, the greatest quarterback of all time. I know Jameis one of one believes that, but I'm like he's not. Right. Like, so he so I did not know anything about Jameis one of one. Okay, and then I, the basically the take that I just gave, I did on my show one day, almost just exactly what I told you guys, and he I guess someone you know, added him on it, and so then he DM'd me and was like. You know, this was so spot on, yada, yada, yada. And so that, so then he, he, we connected, he came on my show and had great takes, but, but I, yeah. I want to be clear again, back to the point. I'm not selling Jameis as the answer, as a hall of famer, as a no doubter. What I'm saying is, could he be? Yes. Could Taysom Hill be unequivocally? No, never, not a chance. 0.000. And I don't even like speaking absolutes. Zero percent chance Taysom Hill is ever a successful starting quarterback in the NFL. Zero. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm with you, and it's. Uh, I think it's one of those things with Jameis specifically, where uh, again, you look at the talent, you look at the ability that the guy has, and it's it's about putting it together. So then you marry that with Sean Payton, you marry that with a system where perhaps some of these bad habits can be unlearned. Um, but no, it's it's a great point. I'm excited about Jameis, and I think the other way you have to look at this, and Ralph, I know you agree, it's when you're saddled with with a cap situation the Saints have when you pick 28th overall in the draft, what else are you going to get? Well, you want, you want to roll with mm-hmm. Andy Dalton. You want to roll with Andy Dalton. You want to roll with Trubisky. You want to roll with Jacoby. The thing, with, the thing is with Jameis, there might be a future. There's no future with Taysom. There's no future future. If you went Fitz magic, there's no future. Mm-hmm. If you go Andy Dalton, there's probably not even a future with um, another guy that you would, if another even younger like Trubisky. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there, there's, there's uh there's no future there and Jameis, I don't know, is it a one percent chance? Is it a fifty percent? I don't know, but it's it's there, and I like it. And just for me, Matt, and Andrew will tell you this. Like I want the Saints to win, but almost as important as winning is I want them to be entertaining and I want them to be ridiculous and fun and I got to write two comedy columns a week for WWL. So like Sean Payton talking about uh, worry about your meat and breaking a fire extinguisher in Cincinnati. Like I live for that stuff like that. That is my, that's what I want, you know? Um, So I, I just think Jameis, like it could be, it could be, it could be incredibly. And the thing is, we get to have a whole debate next year, Matt, of like if the Saints go 10 and 7 or whatever. We have the whole debate. Do you pay Jameis? And like, how weird I, did that sound, by the way? 10 and 7. How weird I know. Did that he sound? keeps doing that. I've, I've been saying he's been doing that for two weeks. And I just yeah, like, stop you, doing that. Are you talking about like, are you assuming? But we you got the to. Like, you gotta, like, we got to. No, like, you're right. I, but you got to. right. I know. Ralph is forcing us to, to get used to this, Matt. It's like learned behavior. Not, why not 11 and 6, Ralph? You uh, asshole. 11. Give him the, the 11th win. <laughs> All right. I'll start. I'll start. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do 12 and 5. How about that? <laughs> that's that, no, that just still doesn't sound right. That's The thing that really wigs me out is there's no 500 anymore. It's 9 yeah. and 8 or 8 and 9. And the fact that half the league is going to have more home games than road games. It's. It's weird. The, the I don't I don't like that that's disproportionate at, at all. But I mean that's probably another conversation for for another day. But the, the other thing about one more thing about Jameis, I also love the fact that he was willing to take a one year deal mm-hmm. because he, he's betting on himself. He's betting on himself being great, and that only benefits New Orleans. Like I hope they have a really tough decision to make next year. Do you bet? Do you bank on this guy, or do you try to accrue assets and and draft your franchise? I mean. I love the fact that the dude bet on himself. I mean, come on. Like, he's basically saying, I'm not going to go pursue somewhere where I can get maybe more money, more guaranteed. I'm going to be here because look at the talent around me. I can be a playoff quarterback here with this team this year, and I'm going to put myself in a position next year to get paid. Yeah, Trent Williams did it for the for the uh, 49ers, yeah. and he hit that the That worked lottery. out okay. Cool. Right. So, Matt – as you look at the Saints roster, and they got a lot of decisions. They got, you know, Marcus Williams, they franchise. They got Lattimore. They got Ramchick. They got Armstead going to be potentially free agent after this year. Do you look at it, and we've been having a lot of fun on Twitter, making fun of the cap nerds that they thought the Saints were doomed, and, and we, we believe in <laughs> Loomis math. But, like, as you look at it, do you think 
they're going to keep all these guys or like, what do you see their plan being? You have to go listen. If so, my show today is Thursday, the 18th. You gotta go listen to the first segment of my show today on pot. If anybody didn't hear it, I just, I basically mocked everybody who was doom and gloom about the cap. I found this like awful. I love this. Is why I love radio. I found this, like, I just went to YouTube and typed in chaos sound effects. And it's like, <laughs> You know, it's like machine guns and, and buildings burning and people screaming and really basically what you would imagine like a Godzilla movie or something like that. You, know, you got to get a hold of that sound clip. Dude, it's it's so it's so good. And I'm just like just yelling. Yeah. Like, what, what, just can you imagine Mickey Loomis watching the world, the whole Saints Twitter world burn and melt about everybody about the cap and everything, just knowing full well, like this is just going to work out because they do it every damn year. Well, anyway. We didn't- we didn't but, have a chaos hey. soundbite, but we had this. <laughs> we had that. We played that a lot. I, but I like yours better. I like the good. chaos one better. That's but but the the chaos thing only works if you're willing to go all in with the bit. Like so, I'm like screaming you know <laughs> like full throat you know screaming no and like i mean you, you have to go back and, and watch you know watch it or listen to it but it's like you have to be com- completely committed and somebody texted my show he's like man he's like that was a little much I'm like that was the point no you that's the best <laughs> part that's the best understand. part about you matt is whenever you do a rant even if i don't agree with it i'm like that dude believes that in his soul like that ain't yeah. he isn't that the camera isn't turning off and he's going ah I put that one over him no no that's why that's <laughs> like, that's why you're like because I'm, no look I worked in radio I know people that they say one thing on the air and they totally do not believe it uh, Vince Marinello AKA he murdered somebody but he was exactly like that where he was one thing to everybody and he <laughs> would say things he didn't even believe and then it was just like whatever I'm, I'm going off can the rail. we do mur- the can we do murder joke can we do murder joke I, I think I think we just did hey you want to s- like I don't know if it's too soon like you say too soon or is it ever too is it ever okay that's well, like people who do OJ jokes well like, I'm gonna I'm going to tell you, I think people on the podcast heard it, but I'm going to tell it again because I like it so much. My Vince Marinella story, Charles Grant was a guest one week, and I, Vinny, Vinny was filling in for Buddy D. Charles Grant was eating during the interview, and Vince Marinella was so mad, and he, he said to Charles, he says, what you eating, buddy? And after the, the inter, like during the interview, I could see him getting so mad and I was like this is weird and Matt honest to God if I'm lying I'm dying during the break Vince Marinello was so mad and so red and throwing things in the studio of I'm 45 years old I have never been as as scared at work as I was when Vince Marinello was ranting against Charles Grant I won't say the things that were coming out of his mouth because I can't because they're racist but when he when they said that he murdered somebody, mm. I was like, "Oh yeah, he totally did that." Like, mm. crazy crazy person. But anyway, it it takes a completely di- like the story takes a completely different tact when you know that he killed somebody. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I mean, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. But I mean, like the thing that made it the thing that made it funnier though is because his eyes were bulging out of his head and he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. That's, that's what a juxtaposition. That's a great visual. That it really is. And that's and it. and final thing is, as he was doing it, he's pointing, 
And if you know Vince Marinella, probably people that listen to this podcast are younger, but if you know Vince Marinella, he had a toupee, and his toupee was, like, rocking, like, back and <laughs> forth. Like, and I was like, oh, my God, it's it's going to fall off, and then he's going to get was mad. Charles, is Charles Grant still there when this is happening? It's, no, no, Charles Grant's on the phone. He's, that's what I was going to okay. say. Is he on the phone or is he in because studio? No, Charles, he's on Charles the phone. Grant, yeah, like, Charles Grant punched his own starting quarterback. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Like, that wouldn't have worked too well for Vince if he was in studio. No. No, he wasn't. We weren't. Oh, we were, he wasn't in the studio. Charles Grant was. Uh, Charles Grant was on the phone, but it was. I mean, like, it was wild. And I, I've worked in radio, and, I, and we'll get to it <sighs> later uh, with your friend Richard Condon. I got some, some things, <laughs> stories about him. But with the oil, did did I'm I'm trying to think like if I ever if I if I was in that situation where I bail on a guest. Like, I mean, I've bailed on interviews before when they were just so bad. It's like, okay, you think you're going to get seven to ten minutes out of an interview, but sometimes you're like two minutes in and you're like, this is going nowhere. It's, just it's, usually, it's usually players, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and it's the worst with, like, I hate doing interviews with, with high school recruits because most of them are like Ugh. 16, 17 years old. And in theory, it sounds great to get the commitment on the show, but it's so rare that you get a kid that's comfortable enough in that setting to be able to be thoughtful and to elaborate. It's just, it's a very rare, it happens. Russell Shepard was probably the best ever at it, but it's rare. It's just really rare. Yeah. We've had, you know, saints players on this show and, you know, there's exceptions. I mean, Thomas morstead has been incredible. Zach Streif. And so you, you occasionally you get the, the player where you're like, that's one of the best shows we've ever done. Yeah. But so many of them, man, it's just like, I'd rather not have them on. It's very true. Like the way I always approach having guests is I don't want to have a guest on just because of their name. I have to add value for my audience. If, mm -hmm. if not, like, then why are you having a guest? I mean, if, if it's not, if they don't have something interesting to say, or if they're not entertaining, what's the point? Like, I mean, one, one of the best interviews that I ever had was Fred Smoot. And Fred Smoot played at Mississippi State. He's been out of the league for a decade. But, dude, Fred Smoot will say any damn thing. Like, you bring up the, the party boat in Minnesota, like, he'll tell you anything as graphic as you want to know on the air, on because he don't care. Fred Smoot, when he was at Mississippi State, this was early internet, like 98, 99 internet, you know, when, when every internet website looked, looked the same where everything was yeah. sent, like everything was center spaced, you know, it, it's like, the, the, it's like the, a geocities, everything, everything there, there was a website called smootsmack.com and somebody <laughs> took the shaft theme and went and, and, and chain edited shaft out to be smooth. It was like, and I asked him about smootsmack.com on the air. Some, like, and nobody knows him. But Fred Smoot just laughed his ass off. And it was a great you know, connection piece. But Fred, like, even if you never cared about Fred Smoot when he was at Washington or Minnesota or Mississippi State, like, you listened to that 10 minutes just wanting more. That's all you wanted. I mean, he was, he's amazing. Do you guys, so anyway, I know it's, I'm, I'm rambling, but yeah. yes. Currently, guys, uh, just so you guys know, Smoot Smack is, uh, is for sale. It is available for oh, purchase. Oh man, currently. I want, I gotta go, I gotta go back in the, 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 the waybackmachine.com. Maybe I can, can get that audio. I want this. I'm telling Smack. you there, I went, when he came on, I went and found the Smoot Smack shaft thing 
and I emailed it to myself. So I have the link. I'll send it to you. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, just to, if you were alive and aware enough in the, the, the late 90s, the early internet 90s, like just before the bubble burst, to know what websites were like then, it's, it's an amazing time capsule. So true. All right, Ralph, you want to talk about uh, Baton Rouge, New Orleans radio? I want I to do. get Matt's I, take on. I do because here's the thing. I and I did not know this before we had Matt. We were talking in the the, the pre-show. Matt is a really good friends with Richard Condon. I produced Richard Condon in 1999 and 2000. His when he was at WIBR, when he was on from six to ten, and then seven to eleven. Uh, I think Richard Condon was he was amazing. Uh, as a radio host, he has his little cue cards, but he, people think he did everything off the cuff. But everything, Matt, you know, this was scripted with <laughs> with Richard, like like every every single thing. And the thing about Richard also too is he liked to have the audio at ear splittingly loud <laughs> levels that would make you like I had to go to the doctor two separate times to get wax removed from my ear, and the nurse when she did it, Matt, she went, oh. What is this? <laughs> and they brought people in and they were looking at it and they're like, what is the deal? I'm like, because that might I, be unrelated, Ralph. I, no, I think it is. I blame Richard for that completely. I've oh, never had to do that ever oh in my, my life God. again. I had to do it two times in two years because of Richard. Oh. And Matt's laughing because oh. he knows it's true, right? Matt, Richard you, does have his headphones like at, and most people listening have probably never been in a radio studio to understand, but like, you everyone uses headphones because you have so many different audio inputs and it's like you have to hear i mean you have to hear your levels for your voice relative to bed music or callers or whatever i mean you have to wear headphones and most have it like i'm super aware because of as a 38 year old man and i've worn headphones for three to five hours a day every day of my life since i was 20 and i'm like i don't want to i don't want to damage my hearing so i keep it as low as i possibly can for that exact purpose. And I take my headphones off as much as possible for that exact purpose. Richard's the opposite. It's just full blast, every, <laughs> like every second, even when he takes them off, like you can hear the headphones playing whatever audio from, from the other damn room. <laughs> Clear as day. No, he would, he would leave and be like, they call me, he called me bitter beer man because I was young and I was hung over half the time for the 6 a.m. start of the show. He called me bitter. He'd be like, bitter, I'm going to the bathroom. And, and you, he would put the headphones down and they would vibrate <laughs> on the table. They were so loud. So true. <laughs> oh, it's good because it's true. It's true because it's good. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing, and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the hundred thousand dollar bracket madness contest. As Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace 
eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you so you can shop confidently, knowing your pair is the real deal. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Back to what I wanted to ask you about is, I worked for Richard. He was amazing. I worked at WWL with Buddy D and Mark Chafisi and all them, and they're they great and stuff. But I look at you guys at ESPN Baton Rouge, and it's just amazing what you guys do. You have a professional studio. It feels like a TV show, and I don't watch it always live, but I always watch the, some of the clips from, from your show and different shows, and it feels so great. And I look at WWL in New Orleans, and I'm like, they're still doing the same thing that they were doing when I was there, where they would They don't even like, promote it. Yeah, they don't like, promote it on social media. And they don't promote it on social media. They don't do podcasts and or any of it. And I'm like, they're still doing like the question of the day. And I'm like, they're still stuck in this... 1996 way and you guys are just rocking and rolling but i guess to me is the question i don't i don't don't mean to cut you off but i just want to say one thing go ahead they they actually do podcasts and it's hilarious to me that you don't know because it kind of says it all like the fact that you just said they don't do podcasts they actually have some and you don't even know they do that's kind (laughs) of That, that's it in a nutshell. Anyway, continue. But but con- my point is you guys are so aggressive and obviously spending and investing. Like, what is y'all sort of long-arching goal? Because clearly you're trying to go at WWL and grow against them, and maybe it's a younger dynamic. I'm just so impressed with what y'all do. I just, I'm curious as to, like, what y'all's – What's y'all's goal as sort of it's Baton Rouge and New Orleans, the market sort of what's y'all's overall goal as far as New Orleans radio? So I will tell like candidly, we never have conversations about WWL. It's not like it's us against them that like in as honest to goodness truth as I could ever possibly say that's has that it just never comes up. It what, what's you, you asked what, what's the, the long reaching goal? What's the long tail? The long tail is relevance. Mm-hmm. The, the long tail is understanding guys. Look at what we're doing right now. Do, do you realize, I mean, I know you do, but when I mean, Ralph, when you were at IBR, you didn't have a prayer of getting on mic. If you were a producer, unless if someone died or didn't show up to work that day. Right. That's correct. The digital shift in our world, guys, it's changed everything. I mean, when I started in radio in Oh three, people assume, like, I think some people just assume success happens. And this is one of the things that Mm -hmm. I, I tell every time I ever go, and I'm lucky enough to get asked to speak to a lot of like college classes. And, stuff. and I'm, I will always go to anybody that ever asks. I'll always say yes, if we can make it work with the schedule. But it's like, I go talk to, to these, you know, these, these college students that are aspiring broadcasters. And I say, Hey, listen, you have got to understand patience. Like I worked with a college degree 
for seven years before I ever had a full-time job with benefits in radio. And that job paid me $24,000. Like most people aren't willing to eat shit for seven years to get to the point where they can have a full-time job that pays them $24,000 because they believe another 10 years from there, they will have flourished into something awesome. Like that's my career trajectory. Sounds like the American dream. That job that paid me 24 grand is the one I have now. And I do a lot better than that now. Wow. But it, but, but it's, but, and I'm only 38 years old. Ralph, you're, you said you're 45. I'm 38. Yeah. I got to like, I've worked 18 years in radio. I do another 18. I'm not even at retirement age yet. That's right. You know what I mean? It's like people are so impatient. It's why people lose in media. It's because they're not willing to do. Dude, the first thing I ever did when I worked at, at Citadel in Baton Rouge, I was a promotions intern, and we had 103.3 FM, which is B103. I dressed up in the damn B suit at remotes. <laughs> like, I showed up at, on a Saturday morning and board opt a damn dog show remote at, from St. Joseph's Academy. Like, that's the stuff I did that most people aren't willing to do and do it like it's the most important job in the world. And I'm, my point with it, well, I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but my point is that's what it was. If I were 20, 21 now, I would be doing what you are doing mm-hmm. right now. I would be doing this every single day audio video on every pod every podcast every vlog i would have a youtube channel or or twitch or facebook live i would be i mean all the other stuff i already do i would be doing it but like that's the point if if you're stuck in this mindset that well we're terrestrial radio and we've got heritage bullshit heritage i mean it's like the reality is it, it doesn't matter if it's just wwl i mean it's it's we see it too it's everybody like Media is fundamentally changing and the audience doesn't care. The audience just wants their content. They don't care about your history. They just want good content wherever it is. So if you're not giving people content they want, whenever they want, in whatever format they want it, you lose, period. So why do we do all the things we do? Because if we don't, we lose. Like a company in Guarantee Media that I work for, it's been in business for almost a hundred years. They go out of business. Like look at toys R us. What happened? Because they were blockbuster. They refused to acknowledge the digital shift in our world. They thought their legacy would matter and nobody gave a shit. It was way easier to order a movie on Amazon than to go to blockbuster and hope that they had the tape that you wanted in stock that day. And oh, by the way, if you didn't rewind the tape, you got to pay a fee. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the world changed. So, why do we do everything we do? Because the world changed. And if you don't acknowledge that and change with the world, you lose. The world's not going to stop for you. I feel I like was explaining. I was a Hollywood video guy myself, personally. I feel we like had Alfalfa Matt. video here. That Alfalfa video was closest to my house here. Major That's video was my thing in mm. New Orleans. I was close to mm. better. Matt, I feel like my five-year-old kid, what, like when I try to explain to him what a newspaper was, he's going to look right. at me like I was from Mars. It's like they, they put this paper on your lawn, and like you mm. got the news, and then you watched the news at like 5 o'clock for a half hour, and then you had to wait until the next day 
to see like scores and like what happened with your team. Like he's gonna look mm-hmm. at me like I'm like I'm a thousand years old, you know? Door. Yeah. My There's... kids are already touching the the laptop screen like it's like it's an iPad. You know, they're trying to. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. My, it, it's, I mean, guys, like this this is probably way more interesting to to most people than my my stale Saints takes that they've heard a million times. But like, I'm so passionate about media. It, it's just at, like if you're not willing to evolve, like you're a dinosaur, you're going, you're going to lose. So my idea every day when I wake up, even though my, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of success with, with my, my show, right? If you want to call it a radio show, a TV show, whatever, I've had a lot of success. Even with that, every single day, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just telling, I'm just illustrating every single day for today was episode 1088 for 1088 consecutive days i have woken up and i've done a facebook live show every for 1088 consecutive days called morning scone on my facebook page i I, i've done it in my home i've done it in my car i've done it in airports the day i had knee surgery i did it from pre-op have not missed a day and the reason is because i'm continuing to connect with my audience in a different day part then I do a podcast called Locked on LSU mm-hmm. every single day. Today, I published episode 493, Monday through Friday, every day. I do an LSU podcast about 20 minutes. I do my show that I then the AFR for three hours that we clip and repurpose in smaller clip format on all these on on Facebook or TikTok or LinkedIn or Instagram or how it just you have to be willing to be where your audience is. You can't be so naive or, or so, so hard-headed to think they're always going to come to you because there's a million more guys like you doing a podcast that's throwing it in their face, it's filling up their feed. And if you get their attention and they like what you do, well, guess what? I just lost to you. And I ain't losing to you. I ain't losing to anybody. <laughs> That's now that now see now you're getting like the red blooded Italian. Go, I'm standing up in my house. It's almost ten o'clock at night. I'm standing up in my house. I'm like, you know, it's just I'm I'm just a competitive sob man. I don't want to lose at anything. Well, so, I, uh, I always tell Andrew that they, you know, in 2011 they had like 20 people writing Saints comedy columns, and I'm the last fucking one standing. You know why? Because I went through the sewer of the three seven and nines and came out the other side. I do two. Co- yeah. I do 36 columns a year for WWL. They, and that's my thing. I do them regardless, Matt. And it doesn't matter if the Saints win, lose, whatever. I'm doing them, and I'm like the last. Like I wish there was more people, but you know. But you're right, man. Like it take like, and that brings me to my next point is like, with the Saints, like as we go to this sort of turn, what do you see as? Well, no, I, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. I, I, you know what I want to ask you? With LSU, what the hell is going on? I feel like the, I know it's. A, I know <laughs> what it's. Jesus, pivot, I just want to pivot. I want to. Well, no, I have my. Li- I have my pivot. list here that I wanted to ask him, and I, I, I lost. Ever. I thought you know I had a train was? of thought on the Saints, that and was, I just lost. That it. was that was the scene from The Water Boy, <laughs> where where <laughs> Lawrence Taylor goes. Which brings me to my next point. Don't do Dude, crack. That, don't like, do crack. That's yeah. what that was. That's Bobby what that was. He's rambling, and then it's kids don't do crack. That's oh. what that was. Good, good job, Ralph. I know. I won't even clip it out. It's so entertaining. But no, my main thing Ralph, about LSU. What were you is, trying to ask me, man? I don't even know. I don't. My thing that I want to ask you: all these LSU. I mean, we people, went from they, radio to Saints to now Saints, to LSU. Yeah. You know, 
Title just, nine stuff. Just tell us what's going on in Baton Rouge. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Is LSU was all these people. I feel like the posse's getting them all. The guy, the F, F. Fitzgerald guy, Alexander guy in Oregon, they're getting him. Like, I feel like all these LSU people, they thought they were going to get away for all the horrible things and the Title IX stuff. Like, they really thought they were going to get away with it, and I feel like the posse is chasing each and every one of them down. That's yes. what I wanted to and, say. And it's going to happen to all of them and to the people still at LSU who – are so entitled and so self-righteous and feel like they're Teflon and they're just not it. You, you can't, you can't incubate a culture that excuses rape and sexual assault and punishes victims just because you're LSU. And if you think those dopes in that board of supervisors meeting all sitting around each other, like congratulating themselves on hiring a firm to investigate themselves. And what came of it is they're going to hire some HR people and suspend some people for a month. If you think that's all that's going to happen. No, 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 no. I mean, two universities, Kansas and Oregon state have already level levied heavier punishments against people for things they did at LSU that they didn't even have anything to do with when they were at Kansas and Oregon state. The governor was if like, think, get that person up out of the paint in Oregon. Bingo. If if you think that the – first of all, if you think that all of the all of the, the news surrounding this story is done, you're kidding yourself because past victims continue to come forward. And if you think the investigative reporters at USA Today and SI and people like Brooks Cabina and Andrew Gallo at The Advocate, if they're done digging – you are super naive. Like this is so not over. And what's going to happen is the more and more and more and more that comes out, the worse and worse and worse LSU is going to look for doing nothing. And all of these people are going to get fired like they should be. How worried should I be as an LSU sports fan, like specifically about the men's basketball team, the football team, how much of an impact do you think it'll have on those programs success? So do you mean like, so are you talking about, this this title nine investigation or like we said basketball you mean like the will wade stuff no i i just mean more globally like when you look at the turmoil at the university and just everything that's going on do you think these these programs that are obviously at the top of the food chain do -hmm. you think they'll be able to kind of operate independent of that still be able to get their recruits still be able to kind of because the fans are still going to be there, right? The, 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 the funding is still going to be there because people are going to buy the tickets mm. and all that. So do you think they'll be able to kind of live in their own corner here? And obviously there's going to be sanctions and there's going to be, there's going to be stuff. There's going to be bad press and all that. But do you think this will have a profound effect on those programs? Or do you think at least those specific sports teams are powerful enough that they will be able to just kind of continue on? So I don't have a crystal ball to know, and I don't even know that even with a very talented team that Ed Ogeron can get this team to a winning record. So I just don't believe in him as a coach. So that's kind of a different conversation, but I think, um, I think it really depends on if the NCAA gets involved because if the NCAA levels sanctions against football and or men's basketball, then you're talking about potential scenarios like what happened at Penn State or at mm. Michigan State or at Baylor, where, I mean, you're severely hampered because of 
recruiting restrictions, scholarship limitations, bull bans, then all of those things are forces that work against you. If it's just negative press, no, I mean, programs work through negative, negative pub all the time. And I look at LSU basketball I and mean, that's, that's a great case in point, but will Wade continues hauling in top five classes despite the cloud hanging over that program. So it really is a, is a, it really just is a question of whether or not the NCAA deems it worthy to get involved or if they have jurisdiction to get involved and levy any penalties against LSU. And I'm not so sure that they do. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Matt, am I a bad person? I love Will Wade and him paying the players and that LSU is a villain and it gets Dick Vitale in a wad. <clears throat> and I love it. Like, And I loved UNLV as a kid and Jerry Tarkanian and him just giving the finger to the NCAA. I love it all. Does it make me a bad person? Like, I want Will Wade to be at LSU forever, and I want everybody to tell me that he's going to get – the NCAA is going to get him next, the second Tuesday <laughs> of next week. But am I a bad person for that? No. Um, <laughs> because this whole system sucks. Like, th- this is the f- – all right, I'm going to go to, like, a philosophical level. Okay. Love it. Okay. And, and I'll, you know, I'm going to pour some more whiskey. <laughs> little Elmer T. Lee. Andrew, you got Elmer T. Lee? Uh, no, I don't. I'm drinking Elijah Craig. Greg, not the not the not the super high end one. Just the just you don't the have the toasted one. barrel. You you no, have the small batch, which is still fantastic. One. I'm kind of working with low rent. I'm kind of working with low rent bullet right now. Well, that bullet's not bad, but you could do better. Yeah, um, I could do. You, I could do a lot better. Um. Okay. I need to come so, to your house so I can do. <clears throat> come over next time. We'll do the podcast from my house. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll, we'll drink whatever you want. Go to my top shelf. You can take whatever you want. Um, so there is a, a fundamental difference between moral law and arbitrary law. Okay. If you kill somebody, that is a, an immoral act. That's why that law is in place. If it's two o'clock in the morning and you're at a stop sign or you're at a red light and you look left and you look right and you can't see anything for days and you just go, that's not an immoral act. You've broken an arbitrary law that society put in place to maintain order. Like you got to stop at the red light because if you don't stop at the red light, then there's chaos. We could have inter- you know, crashes at the intersection. You got to stop at the red light. But at two in the morning, if nobody's looking and you run it, like, are you going to hell because of that? Is that immoral no it's not excuse me now if you get caught you can get a ticket there's there's punishment same with what's going on in the ncaa it is not in any way immoral for someone to earn 
what is their market value. That is the fundamental premise of our, of our society. If you are a capitalist, you believe you can earn what as much or as little as you work for and what the market is willing to bear. Like that is the fundamental truth of capitalism. If you are AJ Green and you want to go to spring break and you sell your Independence Bowl jersey so you can have enough money to buy a plane ticket and, and go to spring break in college, I have no problem with that. But the NCAA says, no, 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 you're an amateur athlete. You can't do that, which is why forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Every fan looks at this and goes, well, that's bull crap. And it is. It's why the contradiction of the Will Wade situation is so comical to me. Overwhelmingly, fans believe, supporters of collegiate athletics believe in every survey done that student athletes should be able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. I don't believe there is any path where you could pay student athletes a salary for reasons we can talk about but if you're joe burrow and you're a student at lsu and you can do an autograph signing and make 10 grand god bless you i have no problem with it at all and most the overwhelming majority fans agree they think the exact same thing will wade actually allegedly does it and gives a player what his market value is and they want to burn down the program that is because fans always want a pound of flesh from their rival. It's the angry mob that wants the other program to go down. But I would always say, be careful pointing a finger because you'll have three more pointing back at you. Whenever you start barking at someone else and they then turn the microscope on you, when they pull back the curtain, shine the flashlight in the corner from every program in America, they will find something. And it just will wait. It's every program in America that air quote, cheats because the NCAA law bylaws are, are absurd. And there's a tournament starting right now that's going to generate you know, billions, literally billions of dollars. It's a billion-dollar entity that the NCAA owns, the, the NCAA basketball tournament. Yet we're worried about Will Wade allegedly giving a kid money to, to sign to play basketball at LSU. There is just a philosophical, it, it, it's just a fundamental a contrast conflict with what people believe and then what they actually try to enact. So are you a bad person? I'll bring it back home. Are you a bad person for wanting Will Wade to grab his crotch and flip the bird at people like Dick Vitale and anybody else? Hell no, you ain't. I'm right there with you. I'll take off my shirt, spin around my head, flip the bird and spit on someone's court. I'd love to do it with you. I, I will say I grew up, I'm, I'm a diehard LSU, I mean, LSU basketball. When I was a kid, they were better than the football. And I grew up with Dale Brown Same. calling the NCAA the Gestapo. So I, that's my, that's my life. Man. When we just, moved, when we moved to Baton Rouge in 89, football was starting their, their six straight losing seasons and basketball had Chris Jackson then Shaq and Stanley. And then came Randy Livingston, Ronnie Henderson. I mean, dude, basketball was the show. When I was here, when we got here, we got we got basketball season tickets. We can get football season tickets. I'm with you, man. I want LSU basketball to be awesome. The Georgia Tech yeah. LSU game when they had Chris Jackson <laughs> and Stanley and Shaq will haunt me forever. Because if they'd have won, they'd yeah, so have gone we'll, to the regional in New Orleans and they'd have won the national yeah. championship. I'll go to my grave saying that. We're we're about the same age, man. I'm 40, and I went to St. Paul's across the lake for high school, mm-hmm. and and back then, the Maravich boys were the studs you know that was kind of the the 
the guys that carry that St. Paul's Wolves team. Uh, yeah, they're they're a few years apart, but uh, but uh, you know they had that Maravich connection, so it was always yeah. cool to watch them play. And they one of them ended up going to LSU. Yep. Um, Matt, Matt, is it tough? Like, I, I'm curious. So, you know, just thinking about like my mentors in life and you know, what they always told me is always be good at one thing. You know, that was kind of the thing that I was always told is make sure you're an expert at your craft and don't try to disperse yourself or spread yourself too thin. Be really good at one thing. And, uh, you know, certainly with this podcast, we're very focused we're saint centric and we focus on that you know the one thing i've noticed about you and, and your radio show is like you really and, and and part of it's just what your audience is yearning for you've got to you got to give it to them but like you really need to be an lsu expert which is multiple sports yeah uh you have to be a saints expert you've got to talk pelicans um how tough is that for you to just I, I would struggle. Like I'm an LSU fan. I'm a Pelicans fan. I watch the games. I have opinions, but I don't know that I could say, I, I would say that I'm, I mean, if you could call me an expert or an, an analyst or whatever on the saints, I can talk with anyone, but that other stuff, I, I'm no expert. How tough is it for you being in the market that you're in um, to have to be on top of all that stuff? How hard is it to watch sports and talk about it? <laughs> Not very hard. <laughs> I mean, fundamentally, I understand what you're asking, but I but it's always an, it's an asshole question. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's not because it, I I understand completely what you're saying, and I actually appreciate you asking the question because most people I don't think understand that. The my job isn't from three until six. Like the analogy that I give people all the time is it's like practice compared to playing the game. Guys don't, guys don't play in the NFL to practice six days a week. They love to get off for three hours on a Sunday. That's the fun part, right? Like if you love it, that's what you're, that's why you practice. That's why you work really hard in the off season. That's why you work out. That's why you diet. It's why you take care of your body. Like everything you do, the other 350 days out of the year, like you do to prepare yourself for those Sundays. And I know I did the math wrong, but you know what I mean? Um, especially if there's 17 games this year, that, that threw me off. I was trying to do the mental math. I was like, damn it. I suck so bad at math, but like, that's the fun part, but that's what everybody sees. It's like, I'm, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not freaking Drew Brees or anything, but like, but professionally, the work isn't the three hours from three to 6 PM. That's the fun part. Like the work is what am I doing right now? I'm, I'm talking to you guys now. I'm having a great time I'm drinking some whiskey and we're talking sports. It's not like I'm building the railroad or anything. You're going to steal our 50,000 of our monthly listeners. Aren't you Matt? Not, not at all. <laughs> I, actually, actually what's going to happen is twofold. Number one, whenever this publishes, I'm going to retweet it, share it on my platform. So I'm at, I'm going to give you a boost for, which I know, which is cool, but Similarly, like I love that there are people in New Orleans who listen to your podcast who have never heard of me before, who are gonna who are gonna find me on 100.3 ESPN New Orleans or any other way, and so we're gonna have this this mutually beneficial thing, and we get to to shoot yeah. the ball for a little while here and have a good time, and I'm loving doing it. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, 
eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can shop confidently, knowing your pair is the real deal. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. As we, we kind of wrap up here, but because you've given us way more than I expected. But Matt, here, here's the thing that I'm always interested in. I talk a lot. When, uh, when I talk to other hosts and stuff, you know, and Andrew will, will laugh when I say this, but like, I love the NFL transaction. I want the Saints to sign Kyle Fuller. I want them to trade for Russell Wilson. Like the the transaction, it fires me up. I love to. You play want to it. inject it in your veins. I want to inject it in my veins, and our fans they love it too. They love when I when I play the breaking news siren, and we do the <laughs> and we do the podcast just for them, and and they love it. So I'm like, when you wait are doing your day, and you're like, I'm going on at three. Like what? event if it's a game or news like what makes you just like i love the fact that i have a three-hour show today this is why Mm. i freaking pour my heart and soul to this like what is it in sports a specific thing that just makes you love it and get super excited although you're excited all the time so it's you're gonna bring you're gonna bring up christine now aren't you it's undoubtedly those opportunities it's not necessarily even just getting a rant on Christine Brennan, um, but but you know what no, the other thing is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Matt. Before you finish that, you seriously, if you're listening to this right now, you need Do to it. go on YouTube and find Matt's rant on Christine Brennan. Go like it on. pause this show right now and go. There's like a two minute clip. Just go listen to it. And then you can unpause this and yeah, I put it into the rest. You need to do that. BP fastball for you, right down the middle. I wanted you to do the Christine Brennan, but go ahead, Matt. Dude, it was it was way longer than two minutes. I think it was it was actually like the it was the day the Big Ten decided to play football this year in the COVID year, like when they bat after canceling and they decided they were actually going to have a season. And Christine Brennan called it the darkest day in the history of the Big Ten, and I'm like, <laughs> and what set me off is it's like it. it it was this this like convergence of so many things in the middle of COVID and everything and all the conversation around there debate. But then like this woman actually has the audacity to sit here and say that Jerry Sandusky raping children or Larry Nasser molesting gymnasts somehow isn't nearly as bad as deciding to is a bunch of healthy eighteen to twenty two year olds deciding to play a game amid a pandemic. Like I want if I, I wish I could have just like shaken her, but like you can't shake stupid. So anyway, but I do love those days. I mean. I love those. Where's the a little bit of research on like little heart stuff though? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Do you actually want to have this conversation with no. me? No, 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 please. Continue. You want to finish second again? All right. <laughs> um, anyway, but 
I, um, those, those, those are the days. I mean, it's like, it's way, look, it it does not even have to be like, uh, it doesn't even have to be something that's contentious. I mean, watching LSU win the national championship in 2019 and going on air after like they're Mm -hmm. in the white house doing get the gat. Like that's the most (laughs) fun thing in the world. I mean, to have an audience and just to get to like yell and scream into a microphone and have people be entertained. I mean, that's, that's the high of it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so it's humbling though, to realize that people have so many options and they choose to listen or watch you. I mean, guys, I've said this, like, I will always say this. If tomorrow the the collective audience that I have says, yeah, we're kind of tired of your shtick. Like we're just over it. We're not going to listen. And, and I go to zero. I'm good. I'm totally good with it. It's just this, this industry is one where you either can or you can't. People either like you or you don't. And there's nothing you can do to make them like you or not like you. You have a style. You put It's like musicians, man. You, yep. It's like any artist. You, you play your music. People either like it or they don't. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. It's, you, you can't just like go to people's houses and make them listen to your song. Like, of course, you can work harder and produce more and do more gigs and get in front of more people and hope that you – I mean, but it comes down to ultimately do you have it or do you not? And – so man, like if the audience, if my audience decides, man, you suck. We ain't listening no more. Okay, I mean, I'll go, I'll go sell mortgages or something. I mean, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll do something. You know, I mean, I'll figure it out. But it's like you can't sell mortgages. I need, I need you during the workday so I can avoid doing well, that's, actual work. Well, that's, well, that's my point. So I don't think I'm going anywhere. I just signed a new two-year deal. So you got me for at least two more years. I love it. Well, when you mentioned get the gad and LSU at the White House, like it's like Pavlov's dog. Whenever you mention that. I immediately think of Ben Bordelon's wife. Like I can't get it out of my head. It's so like, good. Uh, you know, so, so wait, real quick. So thank you that. for that real quick. So I tried to get her on the show because I loved it. I mean, I thought it was amazing. She, this woman, like this beautiful woman, like broke the internet for a day that like, are you kidding me? Doing get the gap with the LSU team in the, like in the blue room at the white house. It's like, I, but I don't think they, I don't think that they were super like, I think they kind of wanted it to go away. Um, it's never going the away. Word, it's living the word forever. I, no, I know the word I kind of got was like, yeah, they, they want it to die down. They don't want it. They don't want it to talk it about is, it. It is a little irre- irreverent. But know? that's the point. This yeah, was beautiful about it. That's the greatest thing about it. The LSU, the, the 2019 LSU football team did not give a shit that like they were, they balled all over everybody and did not care. They would rub your nose in it. It was a, it was so beautiful. I mean, it was just, and that was the culmination of it, man. It was just, it was a them, like in the white house, man, like the, the fun, like the symbol, the, the universal symbol of democracy where like history has happened. And like, there's the LSU team doing get the gat. And I thought it was in the Oval Office, but like it was. In, oh God, I just thinking about it gets me so fired up again. I feel like it, 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 it lived on, especially like because of COVID. It would just pop up randomly on a day, and they were being like, yes. "Remember pre-COVID when we did this? When we went to the White House and we got the gat, and it was just like, and it would just uh, make us happy around this goddamn pandemic, and it would just spring up like a happiness thing i swear that matt that happened like three that's happened like three or four times and it just takes over the internet again maybe just a, a way it. less than the time before but man it's just i love I, I love the 2019 lsu team like it's like i matt that team i wanted them to win so bad just because when they finished it i can say i 
I watched the greatest offense in the history of college football. They stomped mm-hmm. all over everybody, and they won the title. If they hadn't won the title, mm-hmm. you'd have like a butt, and I just didn't want it. And I knew – like I feel like that may be – the 85 Bears, where Ogeron's never going to be as good again and it's not going to work out and you're going to say they should have done this, they shouldn't have done that. I feel like that is just a comet that's across the sky and I'm, and it, and I'm never going to see it again and I'm cool with it and I'm just yep. happy that I got to see it and experience it. Like, there's no dynasty there, but I think that team is going to, like, the further we get away from it, it's just going to burn brighter. Like, we're going to be like, I, yep. I can't believe that happened. They're better than 01 Miami. And I actually got... So I yelled at Ryan Clark on his <laughs> podcast because so I, I help RCF produce the podcast where he had Clinton Portis on. Clinton Portis was on 01 Miami, of course. And he RC let Clinton Portis come on his podcast and basically spew all of his drivel about why 01 Miami was better than than 2019 LSU. And as soon as Clinton Portis and I I wouldn't get to open the mic because I was just producing, I wasn't gonna step on RC was yes, but like as soon as RC let me come back in, man, I just spewed venom. Do y'all got to go back and listen to that? Like, do you like? Let me. All right, let me give you a for instance. All right, for instance, number one. All right, quarterback. Who you taking? Joe Burrow or Ken Dorsey? Come on, get out of here. I'm going Burrow. Jesus Christ in heaven! Like, first of all, that should be game set match. All right, let's go to receiver. Yeah, Andre Johnson was a stud, no doubt about it. So is Jamar Chase. Who was the number two receiver on the 01 Miami team? Y'all let me know. Who's the number two receiver on the 01 Miami team? I'd have to look Santana it up. Santana Moss? Yeah, you want to know who it was? Was it Moss? The hell no. What? Santana Moss started going. It was Ethnic Sands was the number. <laughs> you know who the number two receiver on the LSU 2019 team was? The kid who just had more receiving yards than any rookie in the history of the NFL. Justin Jefferson was a lowly number two on that team. bro. And then, oh, by the way, Terrace Marshall was your three, who's a five-star, who happened to, who's probably also going to be a first-round pick this year. But like, there is no comparison. Oh, one Miami was awesome, but oh, one Miami couldn't even score an offensive touchdown against Boston College on the road. Kick freaking rocks with oh, one Miami. <laughs> Great team, but 2019. I'll tell you this much. I forgot Shockey was on that team. Oh, one Miami. If oh, one Miami played 2019 LSU, I'll tell you this much. If they're going to win that game, they better come ready to score 50 because LSU scored 45 on every damn body, and they would do it on 01 Miami as well. And if they didn't come ready to hang 50 on LSU, which they know in hell they were doing, they were getting their ass curb stomped just like Clemson did, like Georgia did, like Bama did, like everybody did. Oh, 2019 LSU is the greatest college football team ever. And 10 years from now, when Jefferson and Chase and Burrow and Clyde and Patrick Queen and all them dudes are are balling out in the NFL, we look back and go, God damn, all those guys were on the same team. You're going to go, hell yeah. <laughs> History has been kind to 2019 Miami because of guys like Ed Reed and Andre yeah. Johnson, guys, Clinton Porter that went on to have great careers. You talk about, man, Willis McGay. Willis McGay, he didn't do shit on that team. I mean, he was on the team, but he didn't do anything. The real Miami draft came in the 04 draft after the 03 season. That's when they had the six first round draft picks. Oh, one team was awesome. Good for them and all that stuff. 2019 LSU would have beaten by 20. Ralph, can you name the two players on that 2001 Miami team? I'm looking at it right now that were Saints. Vilman Shockey, right? You nailed yep. it. Yeah. Well done. 
So, Matt, before we get out of here, tell the people how to find you. And, and, and look, we this is no – and Andrew can tell you, too. There's no bullshit. We – Matt, we – his clips on – I listen, watch his clips on YouTube. T- Matt, tell the people where to find you, how to find you. You're amazing. It's a great, it's a great product. It really is. Thank you. If you can spell my name and you have the internet, you can find me. <laughs> like literally everything, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, it's all at Matt Moscona. But there's just so many vowels that people screw it up all the time. Like people I've known my whole life misspell my name. Like whenever I get awards, I halfway expect for my name for the vowels to be messed up on my name, like on the part of the award. For is it spelling or is it? I mean, pronunciation too, right? Oh, it's both. No you get Mus- Moscano. You get that yeah. probably, right? I, I get I get Moscano. I get um, I get Mus- Moscone. I get a lot. I get Moscana. I I get yeah. I mean, however you can mess up vowels. I get it all the time. But if you can spell my name, you can, you can find me on the internet. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, guy, after further review is, is awesome. And yeah. I mean, your rants are great, but just like your shows, I just watched your interview with Mike Tillier. If you're a saints fan, you should definitely go check that out. It just posted today. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like to watch your YouTube show. Usually I watch it via YouTube, but uh, yeah, check him out. Matt Moscona. It's awesome stuff. So guys, check Thanks, him out. Guys. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Guys, thanks for joining us. Support our show. Support Matt. Support good content out there. That's Louisiana-based. So for Matt, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. We will see you Sunday night on The Big Show.